Nats Chat is brought to you by Walters. Walters is the spot to be at this Saturday between the pregame party for DC United, the musician Matt Waller, and UFC 278. Register for free at waltersdc.com and you will earn a free beer in the process. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Three-two from Ciszek, swinging a line drive shallow right. This may fall. It will for a base hit toward the line. Reyes will lumber in and score the go-ahead run. Jan Gomes with an RBI single against his former team puts the Cubs back in front, three to two here in the top of the seventh. And welcome to Nats Chat for Thursday, August 18th. 2022. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. Mark Zuckerman is off for this installment of the Nats Chat podcast. He is headed out to San Diego for the Nats next series, a four-game set at the Padres. Uh, Mark flying to San Diego, or is it pronounced San Diego? Uh, I'm not sure. I've heard it both ways. But anyway, it is you, it is me, and we have a lot to get into here from the latest with the Nats. We did have another Nats loss, 3-2 loss to the Chicago Cubs at Nationals Park on Wednesday afternoon, dropping the Nats to a major league worst, 39-80. and 80. Yes, the Nats need to go undefeated for the rest of their 2022 regular season in order to avoid having a non-winning record. Uh, one more loss will clinch the Nats not having a winning record. The Nats on Wednesday afternoon, a mere two runs, just six hits, though four of the hits were doubles. So the other two hits were singles, and uh, the Nats worked no walks. The Nats went two for eight with runners in scoring position. C.J. Abrams, he was your Nats starting shortstop and number seven batter for a third time in three games in the series. 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. Abrams in the bottom of the second did draw a two-out hit by pitch, did have a stolen base. The Nats scored a run in the bottom of the second and then scored a run in the bottom of the sixth. Uh, K-Bet Ruiz in that Nats one-run second, a one-out opposite field double down the right field line. He is an ad starting catcher and number five batter when one for four with the double. Cesar Hernandez in that Nats one run second, a one out RBI single through the left side of the infield on an 0-2 pitch for a one nothing Nats lead. You know, Cesar Hernandez actually has been hitting pretty well lately, ended up having himself a pretty good series here in this series against the Cubs at Nationals Park. Cesar Hernandez was an ad starting second baseman in all three games in the series. In the 5-4 win over the Cubs on Monday night, went 1-4 for four with a single. He, in the 7-5, 11-inning loss to the Cubs on Tuesday night, went 3-5 for five with two doubles and a single. And he, in this game on Wednesday afternoon, had this RBI single. But also for Cesar Hernandez on Wednesday afternoon was him getting picked off and caught stealing second base 
for the second out in that Nats one-run second inning. Now the runner at first goes throw to first. They haven't picked. Higgins throw to second. The tag. And Hernandez is out. As, yes, we had yet another instance of a base running blunder by the Nats. You know, we on Tuesday night had what happened with center fielder Victor Robles, him in the bottom of the first on a Joey Manessis line out to Cubs right fielder Seiya Suzuki, not getting back to first base before getting doubled up as Robles was too slow to get back to first base and then did not slide back into first base. And then we on Wednesday afternoon had what happened with Cesar Hernandez. I mean, he does a nice job with the one-out RBI single through the left side of the infield on an 0-2 pitch. Nats go up one nothing, but then, like, you know, minutes later, Cesar Hernandez gets picked off and caught stealing second base for the second out. The Nats entered Wednesday dead last out of 30 major league teams in Fangraph's all-encompassing base running metric, base running runs, for the 2022 regular season at minus 23.6. And it's not just that the Nats are last in that category. It's that the Nats are last in that category by miles. The next worst team was the Minnesota Twins at minus 11.9. So next to last, the Twins at minus 11.9 base running runs. Dead last, the Nats at minus 23.6 base running runs. Base running has been a huge problem for the Nats this season. And if you have been watching the games, uh, you know that. Cesar Hernandez for the game on Wednesday afternoon as the Nats starting second baseman and number six batter, one for four with that RBI single. The Nats' other run on Wednesday afternoon came on a one-out RBI force out off the bat of Nelson Cruz. Cruz in a Nats one-run six grounded into a one-out RBI force out to tie the game at two. Cruz initially was ruled to have hit into a 6-4-3 double play, but Nats manager David Martinez challenged the play, and Cruz was ruled to have beaten the throw to first base. Nelson Cruz, age 41 season, beating out the throw, although uh, that was a rather long and rather slowly developing play. But still, Cruz made his way to first base, got there, the Nats got the run. Cruz on Wednesday afternoon as an at starting DH and number four batter, 0 for 3 with an RBI force out and two strikeouts. And how about what happened with Nelson Cruz in the bottom of the fourth? A leadoff strikeout that concluded an amazing 15-pitch plate appearance in which he fouled off an absurd 10 pitches. 15 pitches in that plate appearance for Nelson Cruz. He fouled off 10 of the pitches but he did end up striking out. Uh, I mentioned the Nats having four doubles. Uh, Lane Thomas had two of the four doubles. He, on Wednesday afternoon, was the Nats starting center fielder and number one batter, two for four with two doubles. He, in the bottom of the third, had a one-out double to left field on a one-two pitch. He, in the bottom of the eighth, had a one-out opposite field double uh, to the right center field gap. Lane Thomas had four extra base hits in the series, a solo homer and three doubles. Also, Joey Manessis on Wednesday afternoon had a double. He was an ad starting right fielder and number two batter, one for four with a double. Um, Manessis in the Nats one run sixth, a one out double to left field to give him an 11 game hitting streak. But the biggest bright spot for the Nats in this 3-2 loss to the Cubs at Nationals Park on Wednesday afternoon was, believe it or not, Corey Abbott, who looked more like Jim Abbott. <laughs> Corey Abbott on Wednesday afternoon pitched like uh, Jim Abbott circa 1991 and 1992 with the California Angels. Corey Abbott, two runs in six innings. Really good stuff. He had five strikeouts versus one walk. He gave up just three hits, a homer, a double, and a single. He also issued a wild pitch, but he threw a lot of strikes. See, over 83 pitches through 57 strikes 
versus 26 balls. Uh, the only damage off Abbott came in the top of the fifth, during which he allowed two runs. Uh, Abbott issued a leadoff five-pitch walk of Rafael Ortega, and Abbott gave up a two-out full count, two-run homer to P.J. Higgins to left center field for a 2-1 Cubs lead. Now, look, the Cubs are not a great hitting team, but, you know, you're talking about Corey Abbott here. I mean, I don't think you should poo-poo what he did. Two runs in six innings. That's a nice outing. And, you know, this is a guy who the Nats got off waivers not that long ago. Uh, the Nats on May 4th claimed Abbott off waivers from the San Francisco Giants. Uh, yeah, May 4th, Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. The Force was with Corey Abbott on Wednesday afternoon. But, yeah, the Nats got Abbott off waivers on May 4th. The Nats on July 30th recalled Abbott from AAA Rochester. He now has appeared in seven games with four starts for the Nats at the major league level. His ERA is 516, but two of the four starts have been good starts. Uh, what he did on Wednesday afternoon and what he did in his first start for the Nats. August 2nd, a 5-1 win over the National League East leading New York Mets at Nationals Park. Abbott in that game tossed five scoreless innings. Yeah, you may remember that game, August 2nd, what was MLB trade deadline day, hours after the Nats traded right fielder Juan Soto and first baseman Josh Bell to the San Diego Padres. Corey Abbott went out there and uh, gave you five shutout innings and a 5-1 win over the Mets. Here was Davey Martinez during his postgame press conference on Wednesday afternoon on Corey Abbott, and you'll hear multiple exchanges between Davey and reporters. As we talked about, you know, pounding the strike zone, Brawls pitching's getting uh, early, early swings, uh, early contact, which was great. You know, um, just that one, you know, one in. We walked the first, lead, walked the leadoff hitter. We always talk about, you know, you walk a leadoff hitter, it's, you know, it, it's gonna get you, you know. So, um, but I, he did really well, and that's awesome. See, so gave us good six strong innings. How would you assess this, like his first four starts this year? Would you see? Oh, he's, I mean, he, like I said, you know, the days that the days that he throws strikes and he's around the strike zone, he's giving us some good outings, you know. So we, we just got to continue to talk to him about, you know, utilizing all his pitches in the zone, you know, in the zone. He's got good stuff. He's got a, you know, good slot, a good curveball. Um, his fastball moves, runs a little bit, you know, so. Um, but we got to get him, you know, we got to get him in the strike zone. You, know, you talked about it a little bit pregame, but how is he doing the dugout facing his mark? Did he see a little more like that? No, he took he today he was uh, actually a lot slower working than he has been. Which you know I didn't talk to him during the game, but I don't know if he did it by design, kind of slows heartbeat down a little bit. But he worked a little bit slower today, which uh, you know, and for him it worked today, right? I mean, we talked about him might being a little amped up, you know, before the game because he's facing his old teammates. But um, you know, he he did well. He calmed himself down a little bit and, and did well. Yeah, two things that Davey Martinez has emphasized a lot with starting pitchers this season, especially young starting pitchers, slow down and throw more changeups. Uh, Davey has been big on wanting his pitchers to throw more changeups, but uh, Corey Abbott on Wednesday afternoon certainly did slow things down, and the results were quite good. The results also were quite good for the Nats bullpen on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, three Nats relievers combined to allow one run in three innings with six strikeouts. Now, the run that was allowed did end up being the game-winning run, but the Nats did not lose this game because of their pitching. The Nats lost this game because of their hitting. Jake McGee in a Cubs one-run seventh faced three batters. He gave up a leadoff ground rule double to Fraudmiel Reyes to left field, despite a valiant diving attempt by the Nats left fielder Alex Call. Alex Call sold out and tried to make a diving backhanded catch on the warning track. I mean, really good effort by Call, uh, but he was unable to make the catch. And Reyes 
found himself on second base with the ground rule double. Uh, McGee, though, then recorded back-to-back swinging strikeouts. Then Steve Ciszek came into the game. He faced just two batters, got the final out, but not before giving up a two-out full count opposite field RBI single to left field to the first batter Ciszek faced the ex-NAD Jan Gomes for a 3-2 Cubs lead. But then Erasmo Ramirez came into the game. He ended up tossing two scoreless and hitless innings with four strikeouts. He tossed a scoreless top of the eighth with three strikeouts, including back-to-back strikeouts of the Cubs' numbers three and four batters, Seiya Suzuki and Ian Happ, and Ramirez tossed a perfect top of the ninth with a strikeout. Erasmo Ramirez, you know, no full-time Nats reliever has thrown more innings in the 2022 regular season than Erasmo Ramirez has, 61 and two-thirds innings. It's not like he's been lights out, but you know, he has been decent, if not good. ERA of 336, whip of 120. Those are not great numbers for a reliever, I'll grant you that. But at times, he has been quite good, and he certainly was really good on Wednesday afternoon. Again, two scoreless and hitless innings with four strikeouts. Hey guys, it's Al Galdi for Window Nation. It is time for Window Nation's back-to-school sale. And what a sale this is. Two free windows for every two windows that you buy, plus pay nothing with no interest until 2025. Visit windownation.com or call 866-90NATION and tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you. Window Nation windows are the best. Lower your energy bills. Raise the value of your home with new energy-efficient windows from Window Nation. Get an A-plus in savings by taking advantage of the back-to-school sale. Again, two free windows for every two that you buy, plus pay nothing with no interest until 2025. Window Nation knows exactly what it's doing. The average Window Nation installer has over 16 years of experience with over 20,000 windows installed. And Window Nation offers a variety of windows. Over 1,500 custom window combinations are available, vinyl, wood, and fiberglass. Visit windownation.com or call 866-90NATION and tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you and ask for the back-to-school sale. Again, buy two windows, get two windows free on any style of new window from Window Nation, plus pay nothing until 2025. That's windownation.com or 866-90NATION, windownation.com or 866-90NATION, and tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now the 0-1. Swing a line drive down the left field line. That is in there. A fair ball headed down to the corner. 
Happ will pick it up at the 336 mark, and then he juggles it. Manessis will go into second and stop there. So Joey Manessis with a double extends his hitting streak to 11 games, the third longest rookie hitting streak in Nationals history. He does it in his third at bat with a double, putting the tying run at second. There's something else with the Nats that I wanted to discuss with you, and that is what the Atlanta Braves announced on Tuesday. Did you see this? The Braves on Tuesday announced that they have signed outfielder Michael Harris II to an eight-year contract worth $72 million. The deal runs through the 2030 season. The deal includes a $15 million club option for 2031 with a $5 million buyout and a $20 million club option for 2032 with a $5 million buyout. The deal would be worth $102 million over 10 years if both options are exercised. So here we have the Braves once again signing a promising young player to a long-term contract extension. How and why is it that the Braves keep doing this and the Nats have never done this? This season is Michael Harris II's rookie season and age 21 season. Now, he made his Major League regular season debut just a few months ago, May 28th. He, in fact, is the youngest player in the majors. He, at the time of the announcement of this extension, led all qualified rookies in the majors with an 825 OPS for the 2022 regular season. There certainly is an element of risk here because if Michael Harris II ends up not working out, well, you've just given him an eight-year contract worth $72 million. But the Braves signing Michael Harris II marks yet another instance of the Braves signing a promising young player to an aggressive long-term contract extension. We have seen this a good bit in recent years. Uh, The Braves this past August 1st signed third baseman Austin Riley to a 10-year contract worth $212 million. Uh, The deal runs through the 2032 season, has a $20 million club option for 2033. This season is Riley's age 25 season. April 2019, the Braves signed two promising young players to absolute steals of deals from a club perspective. The Braves in April 2019 signed second baseman Ozzie Albies to a seven-year $35 million contract extension. Uh, The 2019 season was Albies' age 22 season. And the Braves in April 2019 signed outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr. to an eight-year $100 million contract extension. The 2019 season was Acuna's age 21 season. Now, those Albies and Acuna contracts are criminal, okay? I mean, people were outraged when those contracts got signed, but those contracts happened. And again, from a Nats perspective, how and why is it that the Braves keep doing this and the Nats have never done this? Like, as we are sucked into right now, all of this Nats conversation about the players who are no longer here and why those players are no longer here and specific to Juan Soto, what happened and why and did the Nats have to trade him and could the Nats have ever signed him to a long-term contract extension, etc. Here you have the Braves having locked up Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzie Albies, Austin Riley, and now Michael Harris II for years to come. Now, uh, it is true that neither Michael Harris II nor Austin Riley nor Ozzie Albies, nor Ronald Acuna Jr. has Scott Boris as the agent. And maybe the answer is as simple as that. Scott Boris. You know, Boris is Juan Soto's agent. Boris is right fielder Bryce Harper's agent. 
Boris is third baseman Anthony Rendon's agent. Boris is starting pitcher Steven Strasburg's agent. Maybe the Nats never signing any of those guys to aggressive long-term contracts early in those players' careers in order to buy out the players' arbitration years and also some of the players' free agency years is as simple as two simple words, Scott Boris. But geez, every five minutes, it feels like the Braves are locking up a stud young player for years to come. And the juxtaposition of that versus what we have with the Nats is hard to ignore. It's amazing, man. I mean, the Braves are loaded. The Braves have made the playoffs in each of the last four seasons, of course, winning the World Series for last season. No Braves fan am I, okay? I can't stand the Braves, in fact, but I do respect the Braves. I don't know how you couldn't respect the Braves. And their president of baseball operations and general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, has a really good thing going. Also, regarding the Nats, and you know, this is something that just gets worse and worse from a Nats perspective as the something gets better and better for the player. Austin Voth continues to kill it for the Orioles. Now, the O's on Wednesday did lose 6-1 at the Toronto Blue Jays, but Voth in that game, six scoreless innings. He had three strikeouts versus one walk. He gave up just two hits, a double and a single. He threw a good number of strikes as he over 86 pitches threw 55 strikes versus 31 balls. Austin Voth now with the O's, 14 games, including 10 starts, 48 innings, an ERA of 281. His previous outing came this past Friday night in a 10-3 Orioles win at the Tampa Bay Rays. Voth in that game, two runs in five and a third innings. He had five strikeouts versus one walk. He began the outing with five no-hit innings. The O's on June 7th claimed Voth off waivers from the Nats. Voth, of course, was with the Nats for years. Uh, Austin Voth for the Nats over four-plus Major League regular seasons, 2018 to 2022, had an ERA of 570 over 181 and two-thirds innings. It was on July 14th that we had an ESPN piece about the rise of the O's this season. And in the piece was a telling quote from Austin Voth. We've talked about this on the podcast. Quote, I was kind of blown away by all the data that they have here, the video guys, and how they can break down stats and pitches and individually things for each pitcher. That was big for me. End quote. We talked about that quote. We have talked about how behind the Nats seem to be when it comes to analytics, but specific to Austin Voth. I mean, this is brutal from a Nats perspective, and I'm sure that the Nats already are sick and tired of hearing about Austin Voth, but let me make this clear. Everyone in the Nats front office should be studying what is happening with Austin Voth and why what is happening is happening. Because as painful as it must be for a guy who was so bad for so long for you, being so good so far for the O's, You've got to get a handle on why this is happening. You've got to understand why this is happening. I have wondered, and we have talked about, is there something systemically wrong with the Nets, especially when it comes to drafting and developing players? And look, Austin Voth is one player, okay? And it still is a small sample size. Maybe a month from now, his ERA has ballooned to six. But good God, his ERA is under three. And the sample size now is growing again. 14 games, including 10 starts, ERA of 281. And keep in mind, he's pitching in the most brutal division in Major League Baseball, the American League East. It's not like he's facing a bunch of patsies start in and start out. He's facing some really good teams and he's pitching well. Why is that? What are the O's doing with him 
that the Nats weren't doing with him. I really hope that internally the Nats are looking at this and having some hard conversations about this because this is not a good look for the Nats. It just isn't. And, you know, you say to yourself, boy, if this is happening with Austin Voth, what would be happening with other guys? You know, what if you dropped Patrick Corbin onto the O's or onto the Braves or onto the Tampa Bay Rays or onto the Los Angeles Dodgers? How much better might his numbers be? How much better might he be? And maybe the answer is he wouldn't be better at all. But now that we're seeing what's happening with Austin Voth, you know, I do think that you have to ask that question. Uh, you can always tweet us at Nats underscore chat. Uh, Tim Shovers put out a great question on Twitter on Wednesday morning asking for your current take on Victor Robles uh, off the base running blunder on Tuesday night. Uh, Victor did not play on Wednesday afternoon. Nobody was surprised by that. Uh, the question was asked, how would you like to see Victor Robles utilized on a daily basis? And we got a lot of responses to this. We got this tweet from Christopher, play him every day and bat him in a reasonable position. We don't have better options for now, and it's still possible he figures it out. Uh, Well, look, anything's possible, but as time goes on here, it feels like it is less and less likely that he's going to be figuring things out. I mean, we're now three years removed from his very good 2019 season, and I think with each passing day, what you have to say is that 2019 was the outlier. These last few seasons, him struggling, that's no longer the outlier. That's who the player is. And 2019 now is the outlier. Tweet from A.E. Eckert. At this point, I'm done messing with lineups. Put him in a spot, leave him there. Whatever practice they do this time of year for everyone would be like those Tom Amansky baseball skills commercials, defense, base running, back to basics. Yeah, you know, I think the Nats could use some of those Tom Amansky baseball skills videos and definitely could use the Fred McGriff hat. That was so glorious in those Tom Amansky baseball video commercials. Tweet from Allison. All around, he, as in Victor Robles, not Tom Amansky, is much improved this season. His defense is top tier. Sit him for a couple of games and help him get sorted out. I say this as someone who has been quite critical of him in previous seasons. Now he seems more confident and mature. Well, confident maybe, mature? I don't know. I mean, that blunder on Tuesday night was bad. And let me say this about Robles' defense being top tier. It certainly can be top tier. But, and I pointed this out on a recent installment of the podcast, the defense isn't so good to where it excuses the mistakes. And this thing of like, he's an elite center fielder. Well, he was an elite center fielder in 2019. He hasn't been at that level since 2019. I mean, look, defensive run saved isn't gospel, but here are the numbers, okay? 2019, Victor Robles in center field, plus 23 defensive runs saved. That is exceptional. The next year, 2020, minus four defensive runs saved. Remember, Victor put on some weight, tried to bulk up, and he ended up being slower, and it was a mess. So then he slimmed back down. Last season, he had zero defensive runs saved, so he's league average. And then this season, coming into Wednesday, Robles plus four defensive runs saved. So that's good. But that's not like so good that you're like, well, that excuses everything else. Or you're like, well, that's exceptional. Plus four isn't exceptional. That's good. That's solid. You like that. I wish other Nats players were plus four defensive runs saved at those players' respective positions. But like the elite season was 2019. He hasn't sniffed being elite defensively since 2019. It's tough, man. He's a talented guy. We all saw what he did in 2019. He's young enough to where you don't want to just write him off, but You know, with each passing blunder and each difficult season, certainly offensively, it gets harder and harder to mount the horse of, you know, keep putting Victor Robles out there as your every game 
center fielder. Like I said, you could tweet us at Nats underscore chat. You can email the podcast, Nats Chat Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram as well at Nats Chat Podcast. You can get yourself or someone who you know a Nats Chat Podcast t shirt by going to Nats Chat Podcast. Dot square dot site. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 1067 The Fan. I'm Al Galdi. We will talk to you next time on the Nats Chat podcast. Mark will be back with me for that. And we're going to leave you with something pretty cool right now. So it was on this podcast that we came up with the nickname for Joey Manessis, Joey Fourbags. We'll take a listen to this. On Tuesday night at Nationals Park, a pregame bid on the PA system resulted in in someone referring to Joey Manessis as Joey Fourbags. And a salute to Joe Ham for tweeting this out for us. So enjoy this. Joey Manessis, Joey Fourbags, tip of the cap to you, as is always the case on this podcast. And we thank you for listening to the Nats Chat Podcast. I asked this question pretty much every single night, but if you went all of this, what are you doing? I'm getting the Joey Fourbags Manessis Yeah, well, Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.